happy Monday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum out in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, Jim, I, I believe we have a guest with us today. Yeah, we uh, do. To kick this off, we have Pete the Retailer from the Star Wars Minute and also... Uh, and more applicable to what we're doing here, alphabetical. Pete, thank you for coming on today. Sure, thanks for having me. And you I, cover you cover everything from uh, well, it's not quite A to Z. There's a different <laughs> <laughs> because the Beatles didn't do A to Z. They, no, from twelve to Y. Yes. That's our, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, and I have a, I have an embarrassing confession to make. Okay, I haven't seen this movie. Uh oh. I, oh I, what? <laughs> I. You know, I do a movie about space. I, you know, cover a movie about space on my main show. I, I my day job. I work for an aerospace engineering publication, uh, but I, I haven't seen this movie all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. You know, uh, you you pick it up here and there, but I've well, never... all you had to do is see minute forty six. That's all. Yeah, well, that I'm, I'm well versed in. <laughs> okay, great. Um, well, now you've got something to do for the weekend. Uh, uh, yeah. But it, yeah, it is. We can we can both vouch that it's a pretty good movie. Uh, We're gonna I've send you a copy of, of it places. after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was in the gift basket. I just hadn't gotten it. Yeah, yeah. And every guest on the Apollo 13 Minute gets yeah. a free copy. <laughs> uh, so, we're, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll work on that. But uh, this is uh, mostly about, uh, it's 1970, and we're talking about uh, uh, Barbara Lovell and her uh, undying love for uh, for Paul. and uh, Or actually, she kind of hates Paul. <laughs> Which uh, it, you know, it, it's this is the end of of the Beatles, as as it were. Even though I th- think uh, Let It Be wouldn't come out for another month. This is April thirteenth, nineteen seventy. So I think they've got right. another another month to go. A lot of things. Ha- I mean, it, people usually focus on nineteen sixty eight as a big mu- music year, and it was. But sixty nine, seventy, seventy one. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Music's changing. Um, you know, the old line uh, folks are changing. Uh, the Beatles themselves were changing getting away from uh their live performances and doing mostly studio work they've uh they've kind of been without for a while uh, being out on stage and, and stuff this is the kind of period when they're breaking up and pete I, uh, you're probably more of a historian on this than i am in fact you know, you've been talking about it endlessly on on alphabetical yeah i mean to borrow a borrow a phrase from james bonding or you know uh, lovers not experts necessarily i don't i don't have all the details in my head but i know that this you know this particular time is really interesting for for the Beatles because uh, I'm, I'm in the background. I was just kind of looking up, trying to figure out when, you know, even before their last album, before you know, they were, before they were officially done, they were kind of done. Like Paul was saying, he was he was leaving, more or less. Um, they don't, you know, they uh, they've spent basically the year essentially dissolving everything Beatles, and so that the you know that could easily lead to somebody uh lashing out and saying stupid beetles but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it it it's rough i mean it and i'm surprised because i think um maybe i'm get the the time stream wrong here but i remember that the first i mean the first major beetles post beetles album came out before the beetles broke up it's when mccartney came out with um i think it was just called mccartney he had uh, maybe i'm amazed was the the big hit from that one right but uh you know how could she hate paul for that i don't <laughs> Oh yeah, wait. What did what month? I just found the date. So what? April, April. This is April thirteenth, nineteen seventy, that we're looking at. Okay, so there you go. That he 
Paul officially announced his departure from the group on April 10th, 1970. Oh, so God. she would be totally in the throes of, of uh, reacting uh. from that, you know, reeling from that revelation. Oh, okay, now I hate Paul. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that was the the same day as the uh, as the launch. So, or, or coming up on the coming up on the launch window. So, yeah, okay. So this all this all fits in really really tight. And this, you know, I mean, this, 1970 was a pretty uh, big his, history. I mean, we, uh, as I said before, we, we talk about 1968 as a big year, but 1970 was was huge. Uh, there's, you know, not only the breakup of the Beatles, but Kent State would be coming up in a little while. The the war in Vietnam uh, it was really escalating. You know, the country was pretty much in turmoil, and and with all these other things, just you know, not only in uh, in current events, but in just pop culture and stuff. All that was changing. the 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 background of music was changing. We were going from the Beatles and the Rolling Stones to things like Crosby, Stills and Nash and James Taylor. So it's just you know the, the music, what was selling was was in flux, mm-hmm. and uh, poor poor Barbara has to. <laughs> Has to deal with all the her, all of her tastes are now you know out, outdated. Although, yeah. It, interestingly, it's it's it seems. I mean, I I, I know there are both you know uh, concurrent relatively, but the to be kind of talking about the Beatles with Purple Haze on in the background is creates a little bit of kind of dissonance in my head. Or they seem like they're separate eras in a sense, yeah. Even though they're totally not. You know, like like time-wise, it's a very short timeline, but um, that you know, to to it, it feels like just kind of emotionally different <laughs> to to have that kind of you know Woodstock era, you know, like <clears throat> you know Jimi Hendrix and in, 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 at his peak kind of seems totally different than than Beatlemania. You know, it's like all right, we did Beatlemania, now we're doing the kind of you know uh, Summer of Love Woodstock thing, and now we're about to move into a, a kind of a more uh, not cynical. I just got, but kind of like a different, uh, whole different setup musically, different attitude. Yeah, it, it's also, I mean, it, it, uh, it Hendrix and Purple Haze would be about sixty-seven. So I don't know, and if she was, you know, if if this was further, you know, four years back from her, I don't know if she was much of a Jimi Hendrix listener when she was like ten years old. I, I think what they're trying to do is, you know, it's a shorthand. They've got. 10 seconds to, to get you to, to explain uh, rock and roll and ev- right. everything that was going on. So you think the summer after Woodstock or the spring after Woodstock and trying to get, try, trying to get that across to an audience, you've got five to 10 seconds. And yeah, so you just I mean, have a, any, like, you know, like any Jimi Hendrix guitar lick will instantly say like, Oh, okay. This is between, you know, 1967 and 1970 somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just, you know, this, this probably Vietnam has something to do with this, and it's a good, uh, <laughs> it's a good indicator. It's very culturally yeah. to kind of tie it into that. Yeah, it, it's like using the uh, the opening uh, guitar uh, uh, riffs of uh, "Let's Get It On" to understand that there's a romantic relationship suddenly <laughs> happening in a sixties exactly. or seventies movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> now you can do that with Alexa, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's when you when you get to when you land at Heathrow, you can have it play "Rule Britannia" in the background with trumpets <laughs> and say, "Oh, that's where I'm at." Right. Uh, I I understand the premise of that whole thing, but it's still it's just kind of uh, not quite uh, nails on chalkboards. But it's just like I wish that shorthand wasn't there. But it's selling. This is this is a mass audience movie. It's not a 
Right. Uh, and and it's not the, the movie is focused on space and not on uh, not on a little girl in a bedroom that, that's screaming. That, and the last time we saw her in this movie, a uh, couple of minutes back, was Halloween, and she wanted to go out as a hippie and was getting in trouble for <laughs> uh, for being dressed as a hippie for Halloween. On an entirely different note, what's your favorite Tom Hanks movie, Pete? Um, probably have to go with Joe versus the volcano. Ah, okay. Um, big woo. I got a. I don't know. I, I'm I'm cycling back in my head, trying to figure out if anything beats that in my book. But uh, anywhere near Forrest Gump or um, uh, Saving Private Ryan or Big or that thing no. you do. Those are all good, but um, I think. I think I got to stick with Joe versus the volcano. It hits so it hits all the maybe. Oh, yeah, going back, I'm sure there might be some other like. I just have there are other ones that I loved at the time that I haven't kind of readdressed. And you know, I, I I don't know how the Money Pit stands up or uh, or the Burbs. Yeah, yeah. I I, I'm pretty sure Dragnet doesn't hold up, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll Joe versus the volcano definitely. Joe versus the volcano. Okay, yeah, just. Uh, yeah, there's just so many great, great Dan Hedaya in it. I know he can get the job. He can yeah. do the job. But yeah, it, it's <laughs> enough catchphrases to keep you busy for, yeah. for hours thinking of, you know, that very, was, very um, quotable. I think John Patrick Shanley made that, who then has since become kind of uh, more of a Tony Award winning playwright and stuff like that. I could be wrong. I could be mixing th- some things up in my head, but I think he's like, you know, he's a, he, he's gone on to do more kind of, uh, "Quote unquote respectable work," but uh, but I love that film. Uh, uh, moving over to uh, to your Star Wars wheelhouse, uh, how do you feel on uh, Ron Howard and his directorial style? Um, it's it's funny because it's like it's not super noticeable, which is a good thing for the most part. Like it's it's solid and. Uh, you know, uh, uh, appropriate, but not distracting, I feel like. I, and it's, uh, you know, unless, unless I'm forcing myself to kind of think about, oh, okay, right. This is Ron Howard. I see what he's doing. Like it, it I, I was kind of paying attention a little bit to the camera movement in here. Like the, it's a, normally I'm not a huge fan of camera movement, but I like the kind of, you know, uh, moving around the bedroom, kind of chasing the argument. <laughs> Yeah, it totally works uh, for me here, and I I like his. He's uh, he's workmanlike, but I, uh, he doesn't seem to go too far into the artsy style of things. I mean, I think of um, you know like Cocoon or things uh, things like that. He doesn't seem to to get into unusual unusual camera angles unless it's tel- part of telling the story. Yeah, um, and I I think part of that could be you know he's he's kind of raised in Hollywood and, and, you know, being a child star and being just kind of like always part of the Hollywood machine. Like he's kind of referencing or, or at least kind of living in the same language as a lot of more classic Hollywood stuff. He's not necessarily trying to break mold. He's making very, I feel like, you know, I, 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 I want to try to word this without uh, disparaging him because I think he's really good at what he does. And especially for something like, you know, back to the Star Wars angle for something like Solo where it was like, oh, we need this done well, quickly, and competently. He's a perfect professional for that. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to be, he, he's going to deliver constant above average work. He might not, you know, wow you, but he'll be like, oh, good, yeah. 
Do, do you feel in, in watching Solo, do you, do you feel that you could tell the Ron Howard parts or do you think they're pretty, it's pretty seamless? Um, I have to, again, well, well in, in two or three years, we're going to go back and, and really dive into <laughs> it. But uh, uh, it's interesting to see what the, um, you know, with the, I think recently there's been some stuff coming out as the, as the DVD, uh, not even DVD anymore, but the, the Blu-ray and, and digital stuff with all the extras come out, there's been a little bit more information about kind of what's what. And I saw that recently, yeah, uh, um, what's this, Thorns Cast and Son, whose name I can never remember, um, Jonathan, maybe? He just tweeted a list of a bunch of interesting facts from, you know, making of and, and indicating some of like the 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 fight in the mud is very much a, a Miller and Lord thing, whereas some of the other stuff is a lot that they filmed later is a lot more uh, Ron Howard his hand on on, on this yeah uh, i was i was wondering about i've seen some of the outtakes uh, they've as we're as we're recording this solo is just coming out on uh, on dvd blu-ray and uh, it they've seemed to show a lot of the a lot of the outtakes but i was trying to figure out if they were the ron howard era of of outtakes because some of them seem to be uh filled with uh ad libs and i don't know if that was huh. a written ad lib or if it was actually uh, the the uh, previous previous director, a, a lot, the, I mean, the, the the rumors were that it was just way too much ad libbing going on in the original filming. So, right, I just just kind of ponder ponder where the uh, uh, outtakes were coming from. I mean, there, apparently, there could be as many as two hours of <laughs> outtakes yeah. that we we haven't right. seen. There's uh, I mean, from the one of the other behind the scenes things that I've seen is that round table where they're all like all the actors and are kind of sitting around a table with Ron Howard, and he kind of takes them through some of the key scenes and they talk about it it looks i mean granted you know they're getting paid to look happy but <laughs> it looks like they all had a pretty good time and they're all kind of you know uh very nobody seems angry at him or 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 you know that i think they all respected what he was doing immediately and and you know they um and it seems like just totally his kind of you know that's why they brought him on that's totally his expertise yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that the the other side of it is they didn't want to have it all shelved and uh, have right. somebody else somebody else with a new cast. Right, right. Uh, um, but it, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, Ron brings in his own uh, you know, cast of characters, and then you know, getting getting to see Clint Howard turn up in a later later <laughs> film. That's uh, you know, he, instead of ha doing the Hitchcock thing of appearing himself, he has uh, yeah, he has that. And uh, where did I? Uh, what did I just see him? At? Oh, I right, I I. I did a guest spot on uh, one of the Austin Powers minutes, and, and oh yeah, Clint Howard was the you know the controller. Is that as, his his most? As he is, as, well, he he's 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 that very same controller in this right. movie. He's one of the mission controllers. Yeah, and uh, he does yeah he does play quite well. It's probably even the same prop console <laughs> from uh, from the movie. Uh, but yeah, he he does a great job wearing a headset, and uh, he's uh, in in this particular minute. He's in uh, second twenty six. You can see him parked in front of a. Uh, in front of the console yeah um you know i keep wondering i'm i'm of a different age than than you guys are and i i can remember quite clearly watching uh live from you know live from space stuff uh back in the apollo era and i don't know when you see when you're watching today when you watch a, a video from the international space station does it give you a thrill at all or is it more like this is just the way the world is hmm a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, it's always neat to see, especially because we, you know, 
we haven't been we've been you know kind of steadily going into space but we don't have these kind of grand you know we haven't gone to the moon in forever i think my lifetime yeah (laughs) Um, yeah you know and so we don't have these uh, you know this manned uh, projects that go that far beyond you know uh, uh, you know the farthest that people go is is a place that you can see with your naked eye on a, on a clear night um, yeah it, it, it this is starting to become more like a when you're watching a video it seems more like take your daughter to work day kind of a thing it's just like okay well here's here's somebody working in this is their office and this is what they do and right after about the 20th minute of it you say okay i understand how it all works and it I guess this, you know, at least this one, they're having it. They have a destination instead of going around and around and around. So, it it probably appealed more at the time. I'm just wondering, you know, eventually we are going to be going back to the moon. Eventually we're going to be going, you know, on and beyond that. I'm just wondering how many, how many people will be tuning in to watch that. I mean, I think the last the last time we had such an event was watching a, a car go into space. So. Right. Or I, I feel like the. Um, the platform landing um, for which one was it? Was it the, the Falcon? Oh, for SpaceX. For SpaceX. The, yeah. the platform landing, that, that kind of made its way around. And granted, as I said, I work uh, you know, in, in publishing at a, a magazine for aerospace engineers for the most part. So that, that could have been related to it. But I feel like even among my friends group, it was like, oh, check it out. This is cool. Like, you know, people who there's still that interest there. And it just takes kind of like you know new and interesting things rather than um you know the the technology uh, behind most of you know the the routine kind of trips to space which which is ridiculous thing to say but the routine trips to space for the most part are just kind of you know upgraded variants of of the same stuff that we've been doing for you know 50 years yeah quote quotidian it's just kind of an everyday normal thing i mean and i think the more it looks like a special effect the more people are going to be right. interested. I mean, when you when you watch when you watch a booster rocket land back on the pad where it started out that's <laughs> you say yeah. that, that that's that's going to be in a in a george lucas type movie <laughs> but uh but see, you know seeing seeing it now it's still it still it has a sense of amazement and you know I, I think this as this minute is carrying on as we get toward the end of the minute where we're looking at uh the, these views from space and even the mission controllers are are out watching baseball games yeah I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what the te- which team was playing. I, I, Chris, yes. were, you, were you following that? Or? I looked it up. Oh, because okay. Because I, I um, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, I think it was the Houston Colt 45s, which makes sense. If they're, okay. Um, if they're in Houston. It was, I forgot the player's name because I just looked him up. He is, His name actually pops up on there. Jimmy Wim. Yeah, Jimmy Wim. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, um, that was kind of the height of his career. He went on for a little bit from there, but he was like a star player for the uh, for the Houston Colt 45s, later the Astros. And I don't think that's a momentous, you know, it's not like they're watching the World Series or anything. I think it's just yeah, kind it's, of it's like... April, so... <laughs> yeah, they're just and kind of like slightly bored and watching the game. <laughs> I, I guess it, it comes across clearly that, you know, even these guys have been to the moon several times and it's just not, not a thing. I'm in the... In the minutes to follow, we're going to be seeing all the other TV shows that are playing on other networks, and and that people are going back to game shows and I Dream of Genie yeah. as a, as more entertainment. So that could be uh, one of the problems with um, with uh, the loss of Apollo. Uh, some people can tra- trace it back to the previous mission here, Apollo 12. When, uh, shortly after uh, Pete Conrad and Al Bean landed on the moon, uh, they they marched down the the ladder of the lunar module and took out their 
uh, their color television camera, the first color TV on the moon. And uh, unfortunately, the first thing that Al Bean did when he turned around to set up the camera was he accidentally pointed the lens at the sun, and it burned out the uh, the old style Viticon tube that was that was in the middle of the camera, and they lost all. Uh, transmission from the surface of the moon so the in, pretty much the entirety of the second moon landing was not shown on television oh. and uh, you know it's like not getting out podcast episodes <laughs> regularly you know, people eventually tune out <laughs> so, exactly um, uh, but uh, you know and, and the the funny thing about this is F, you know here we're seeing this in a pre-disaster uh, Apollo 13 they're showing this not a lot of interest but the the rest of this mission after the catastrophe Everybody's interested in it, but they're not sending back any uh, television pictures. So it's just kind of a, an right. irony there. Yeah. I just want to quickly correct myself because oh. somebody's going to yell at me. Uh, sure, <laughs> they were they were the Astros by the by this point. Oh, okay. In 1965, they they switched to being the Astros. It seems so. I, I don't know when did they build the Astrodome. I don't know when that was was that concurrent or I, I mean I'm, I'm sure they were playing in the Astrodome by the time this was happening, but I don't remember when the Astrodome opened. Yeah, same year, 65. It seems. So oh wow. They, okay. Um, so that, um, you know, again, tied into how their location and, and their proximity to uh, the Manned Spacecraft Center. So that again, the, the wonder of it, you know, like we're not nobody. Nobody's naming things after going to space right now, necessarily. Yeah. No, so, like, you know, I'm sure once we get, you know, if we if we do a manned mission to Mars, then some I'm sure some minor league baseball team is going to change their name to the Martians or something like that. But Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just just a matter of time. We'll see where the Orions come from, or right, yeah, or the, the dragons. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it, this is the what, what we're seeing here is the last boring moments of the mission. I mean, for it's it, boring the mission controllers are going to be very busy in the in the next this this next week of episodes. Um, but a nice uh, feeling for how the astronauts kept up a brave face, even though they didn't know. Nobody was watching them really. <laughs> this, th this, uh, the program that they're showing here on the screen wasn't aired on any of the broadcast networks. They, they turned them down because they were a ratings downer. Yeah, no, oh. a bit of a tragedy. But you know, you never know. You never know when people might tune in. So I guess they, they just had to keep going. And NASA, I think, in the interim, has realized that uh, the primary goal of NASA is to generate great pictures so that people will, you know, people who aren't interested in science. Will uh, will not worry about their tax dollars being spent on science like this. So that's right. why, you know, you'll see you'll see uh, juggling acts in <laughs> in the in the ISS. That's why we have to do. Uh, you know, if we uh, next time we land somewhere, whether it be a you know uh, the moon or Mars or near Earth object of some sort, um, we should uh, we should definitely be you know send a camera, send a, a, a basically a, an automated like a drone, a lander drone first. Yeah. To get good kind of on the ground shots of this, you know, uh, so it looks more like like a Ron Howard movie when we land. So you can see, you know, the dust kind of kicked up as the uh, as the retro rockets are firing, or whatever. So yeah, get yeah get some uh, add in some sound effects and things. So what, yeah, what exactly. we expect to hear it should have like the <laughs> uh, like when an X wing engines are turning up. Yeah, you know, totally. Nice Dopplers. Have, maybe get somebody to live score it. So maybe send put Ron Howard in Mission Control and have him direct it. Basically, that's what, totally what, what needs to be done. Wow. Well, Pete, thanks for so much for being on the show. Um, it's uh, it's a this this Apollo thirteen has almost no connections with with Star <laughs> Wars, but it's it's movies, it's big cinema, it's a popcorn movie, uh, like like the Star Wars series. Right. And, and uh, it happens so, in space. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
and uh, and there are all kinds of disasters that befalling people you know, on board, <laughs> and they're trying to. They, there's no hydro spanners, but you know, it, it's they, they've got to fix things yeah, up there. They should have brought them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I, thanks again. Now, uh, folks, uh, of course, if they're not listening to uh, Star Wars Minute, they can find it at StarWarsMinute.com. I guess would be the easiest way to find it. Yeah, StarWarsMinute.com, uh, Alphabetical.com. If you're more interested in the Beatles angle, if you're uh, uh, you want to go, we we finished that project a year or so ago. So all the all the episodes are done. You can go listen to us talk about your favorite song. I I had never heard Twelve Bar Original before uh, <laughs> before, I, and I, <laughs> apparently with reason. I, I just I listened to it. I was like, okay, not everything's a hit, but um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's so, uh, the, a lot of discussion as to like really that's what we're gonna start with. That's our first episode, but. <laughs> Uh-huh. Were you were you thinking about moving it to like T for twelve or? Yeah, I thought about it, but then you know, kind of give us. It's a good to practice. You know, let us get our feet wet. You know. Yeah. We, we do do a toughie. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I also wanted to just uh, plug the. Uh, I work behind the scenes on a podcast called uh, "Here's an Idea," which is a, a kind of a, more of a tech magazine kind of podcast. Um, one of the one of the episodes is about rocketry. So. Neat. Uh, yes. Those it, who are interested. And that, that can be found at Here's an Idea? Um, it's If you search on iTunes, I don't have a good link for it yet, but if you okay. look on iTunes for Here's an Idea, you'll probably get us, and there's a uh, another podcast made by the cartoonists who do Cyanide and Happiness. That's not us. Here's oh, an Idea okay. is the one that looks like a... We look like a bar napkin drawing as our logo. Oh. Um, okay, so it's Here's an Idea minus Cyanide, and that probably will bring you in the search realm. Right. Or techbriefs.com slash podcasts, I think I believe goes there. So, oh, okay. Um, and that that uh, you know we do it monthly, and it's a kind of a you know focus on engineering where people get ideas from, and kind of tying uh, tying them together into themed little mini stories. Cool. And you you're still running the uh, the Patreon version of Star, of Star Wars out there for uh, for more uh, info. You know, if, I, I know you're on hiatus right now, but for people wanting to. Wanted to get more of, of you and Alex uh, uh, ta- talking about life in general. Uh, I know you have a, a Patreon uh, membership that you can that people can join. Yeah, yeah. So our, we're gearing up for our new season, which will be later this year. But in the meantime, there's also uh, there's StarWarsMinute.com/slash/Patreon, which um, we have a couple of different levels. We're going to be uh, kind of adding some new features, I think, on there soon. So there's lots of extra stuff if you. If you if you've not discovered the show yet, you just go, you binge listen to all of it, which somebody just said they did that in like a hundred days or eighty days or something like that. They went and they they were kind of you know going through because we have like eight hundred and something episodes, so they were doing a couple a day, and they just literally binged their way through the entire catalog um, wow. in a short span of time. So if if you do that and you still need more, there we have our Patreon episodes up there. So. <laughs> Wow, I'm I'm picturing the uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell in um, yeah Clockwork Orange with totally. ears instead of yeah just wow stunning so <laughs> it's good to have fans yeah uh, but wow well, well Pete thanks again for being on uh, for folks wanting to listen to previous episodes of our show it's always available Apollo thirteen minute dot com Apollo one three minute dot com uh, you can find us on iTunes or Google Play just uh, go into the search bar type Apollo thirteen minute and uh, we're we're there uh, click on that and we'll get it you. Uh, a new episode hot and fresh every morning monday through friday uh find us on social media of course uh facebook at apollo 13 minutes mission control and you can find us on twitter at apollo 13 minute uh we'll be back tomorrow with some more uh uh, television mayhem uh, and uh talking with uh, uh fred hayes and jim lovell and jack swigert as they try to entertain the troops who 
aren't watching. <laughs> They're watching the ball game. But uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, it looks like we're coming up on loss of signal in about 30 seconds. So we'll see you next time on the Apollo 13 Minute. Thank you.